0: Welcome back to Inside the Oval presented by Dignity Health. This episode, I'm very excited to be joined by 49er social media producer, Nigel McWilliams. Nigel, thank you so much for coming on the podcast.
1: Thank you for having me. I appreciate it.
0: Let's start with what is a 49er social media producer?
1: So basically what I do is I create video content uh, for social media platforms, IG, Facebook, uh, Twitter, some stuff on websites, some internal stuff too as well. So um, I basically create video content for uh, social media platforms.
0: Going back a little bit, you went to the University of Alabama. When you first stepped foot on campus, what did you think you wanted to major in?
1: So when I first stepped foot on campus, I actually didn't know what I wanted to do. Um, What I did know is that I had a passion for creating music and was previously kind of introduced to some camera stuff, uh, camera work and video editing prior in high school. But one day I was able to meet uh, the director of Crimson Tide Productions, Justin Brandt. And um, I was able to become a part of the Crimson Tide Productions program and just I gained so much knowledge with them and uh, just learned so much that first the first two years. And then I, I kind of figured out I'm like, yeah, I love sports and I really want to stay in this field. And, you know, tacking on my my skill set with, uh, you know, camera work and video editing that I had gained knowledge of at the university of Alabama, it just kind of helped me figure out what i figure out what I wanted to do. So
0: you ended up with a degree in creative media. What does a bachelor's in creative media mean?
1: So basically what we do is what what I did was I I learned how to tell stories, um, in the most effective way possible through digital media and social media. And, uh, using the skill sets, uh, from Adobe Premiere and After Effects, uh, as far as editing goes to effectively tell a good story. Um, and all that I learned through, uh, going through the program at the University of Alabama.
0: What kind of classes do you take in a creative media major?
1: So I took like audio, um, audio editing class in advanced, uh, Video production class, um, ethics—I could go on—but a bunch of classes that really just helped me uh, get to where I am, and awesome professors that I had as well that were really about making sure you learned, you know, what they were teaching. So
0: beyond the academics part that is always there in college, did you do anything else to build? the skills that you have now or kind of pad your resume?
1: Yeah, so, um, you know, I was in the ENG, as electronic news gathering, uh, just taking out a camera. I worked for uh, North Star EMS, J&M Tank Lines. As a part of the trucking industry, asphalt consultants. I was a door guy in a bar back at a sports bar in Tuscaloosa. So I feel like all of those things that I did, really helped me get to where I am now. Uh just everything that I was a part of. I, I really appreciated and I'm just so glad that I had the opportunity uh to do all those things.
0: After you graduated, what was your path then to the Bay Area and the 49ers?
1: So um I was a part of the IGTV playmakers program. Uh and I met some awesome individuals, uh, Nick Marquez and Will Yoder. Uh, and I had kind of reached out to them and kind of asked them about some stuff and just kind ways that I could get my real and resume out there. Um, but towards that transition, you know, you get out of college, you got to make some money. And I was so glad to find um, J&M Tank Lines as my first job out of college as a digital media specialist, uh, and it was a rewarding experience. I learned a lot about myself and what I needed to do to grow in my career field and as a person. And one day I was messaged on LinkedIn by Meg Ryan about the position here at the 49ers, and I applied immediately. And that's kind of how I got out here. And, you know, utmost respect to the truck drivers across America, making sure You know, we have the things that we need on a daily basis. So
0: what is the IGTV program?
1: So basically the program was what at Bama, what we did was the program partnered with colleges across the United States. And basically what we did was we created content uh, that showed uh, our players um, that were at Bama that are now currently. Um, in the NFL, um, what we did was we did uh, NFL Freak of the Week, and it was a series that ran 17 weeks, if I'm not mistaken. And basically, we did a poll on Twitter, and um, that poll went out, and we chose an offensive and defensive player. And so what I did was I would request footage. It would come in, and I would uh, edit a piece every week, and that was just so rewarding for me because you know, it was something new, was something different, and it was it was one of those things where creatively, I had to come up with a different look or a different feel for it every week, and just staying a- consistent with uh, Bama's branding, too, as well.
0: How did you get into that program? Is that something you applied for, or did you get it through working already with Crimson Tide Media?
1: so jonathan king uh the director um uh for creative um, the creative department at football he approached me one day and said hey i have this program It'd be really awesome for you to check out and it was uh i met a lot of awesome uh content creators and video editors and it's just a great experience seeing so many talent talented individuals in that space and um, just uh, lifelong friends that I've made. It's just it's unmatched. So.
0: So then we're getting closer to modern time at this point. You come to the 49ers. Do you remember the first project you worked on?
1: Uh, The first project I worked on was uh, Camp Cam. And it was, you know, it was one of those things where you kind of knew, you wanna make sure you do good. Uh, but it was just so fun doing uh editing Camp Cam and getting to see players, uh, and getting to, you know, get a sense and feel of the players' personality too as well. And I think you get we saw a lot of that through Camp Cam. But just that was my that was my first project and it was fun. You know, I was I was just happy. Look, I was I was so happy that, you know, I I got in here, I my laptop and I was just sitting in my apartment and I was just ready and so when they you know, it was my project to do, I you know, you gotta you gotta execute. So that's what I did. So
0: Honestly, I can say I think Camp Cam Camp Cam is one of my favorite video series we do, like across the board. Mm-hmm. I think they are all so funny.
1: Yeah, you. I mean, you really get to see a different side of uh, players, and just that, uh, just that approach that they have to answering the questions and seeing how they answer and the laughs. I mean, it just makes you feel, you know, more part of the organization too as well. And, you know, actually getting to know who your favorite player is, you know?
0: Definitely. I remember the one where it was like, who has the best car? And I think everyone said the same two players. And it was, you couldn't have scripted it any better.
1: Yeah. And and that's the that's the beauty of, you know, content like that kind of content uh, is that it's, it's so raw. It, it just you, you get that you get that realness and that feeling of, you know, hey, like this is, you know, whatever they're telling us, this is what's up. So.
0: So that was your first project you worked on. But in your full first season, did you have a favorite project?
1: Yeah. So. My favorite edit that I worked on was the george Kittle edit and just because I was able to you know i was at that point to where i think it was i was like three months in I was getting comfortable and you know i just i i really wanted to to utilize some some new things that that I put under my belt and my you know my skill set rack and uh it just turned out so well um and I really it was just fun making um, seeing like the animation graphics from uh, last year and being able to utilize those and turn it into something uh, completely different and just giving life to um, some more life to the footage as well. And just kind of seeing the energy that Kittle brings every day on and off the field was just important to me. So
0: for a video like that. Do you storyboard it or what is your process like from start to finish on how you create a video like that?
1: So what I did with that one was what I went through, I I looked at the footage and then, you know, you look at Kittle, just a phenomenal person great on the field i mean the energy that he brings is just it's it's contagious and um i wanted to make sure that i did you know did it justice and what i did was i saw some some stuff that's actually still on my board uh in my office and i went through and kind of got a look in the field and was able to you know make the make the edit come out the way it did um and it was just fun to make going through from instrumental selection to you know radio calls the whole nine yards so it was just fun to make
0: in addition to everything else you can do which is everything You are also a DJ. (laughs) I mean, it's serious. Like, there's nothing you can't do. It's really disheartening for the rest of us. Uh, uh. But in, is there like an overlap in how you create a set while you are a DJ and how you go about your music selection for a video?
1: Yeah. So. Typically, what I like to do, and I'll start off from the DJ standpoint, because, you know, DJ is all about crowd control, you know, getting from point A to point B. And that point A is at the beginning of the night, you keep people engaged. And then point B is at the end of the night, you want the place to be still packed. And so that people are vibing and enjoying your, mu- your music. And so from a DJ standpoint, I just I like to play things from all genres and uh, you know, mainly my main genre would be hip hop and RB, but you get to connect with so much so many more people uh through music. And so um I kinda tailor everything off a of field, you know. If if it's a party night or it's got done. like when I was at Bama, I had the opportunity to DJ at um some bars after games and literally it was i mean it was high energy the entire night and so what i do was with my approach to video editing is that i look for an instrumental that accompanies the footage very well um something that can effectively go along with the footage and a a way to better tell a story um and that's pretty much what i do with um the from the music aspect of it, um, from from DJing, um, even like uh, looking at BPMs, uh, key, so a lot that I think about when it goes into <laughs> selecting the instrumental song.
0: Okay, um, we're gonna go a little off topic here. Who are your top three artists of all time?
1: Ooh, okay, top three artists. All right, so I gotta go. I gotta go, Michael, Michael Jackson. I gotta go Pharrell. Um, let's see. The third one's kind of uh, Duran Bernard. Yeah. Okay. Duran Bernard, yeah.
0: So in videos in your creation of videos, at what point is music selection for you?
1: So sometimes it could be to start and then sometimes it just take, you know, looking at the footage and then saying, hey, like, what can I do with this? But typically, for the most part, I start with the instrumental just because I'm inspired by instrumentals to come up with stuff creatively. I know that might sound weird, but sound just clicks differently with me. And so uh, when I hear an instrumental that has a great uh, melody or some chord progressions, uh, some counter melody. i I'm always a plus on instrumentals instrumentals with bridges. I love that uh, some change ups. i it just it's a lot you know, I look at, but you know for the most part, I start off with the instrumental. Uh, and then sometimes I look at footage, especially like when you don't shoot what you're editing. Uh, it it really pays a lot to go through and look at the footage first and then kind of look at what you're um, editing to as well.. Um, You know, if you're editing like something hype, you want to go something with the BPM that's uh, that's geared toward, I I typically like to go like 98, 130, 125, stuff around that range. And just kind of keep it up-tempo throughout the whole edit. So,
0: As someone also not from the Bay Area, for me, when I got here, I think it was pretty obvious that the Bay Area has its own culture, its own music. Mm-hmm. Did you have to tailor your approach at all when you I guess moved here?
1: Yeah, so I did some research. Uh, the Bay Area music is is so different from Southern music and it's just you know, that's just a difference in music across all boys when you reach different regions of the country. But, you know, I did a little research, but at the same time I was just like, you know, what if I bring like some Southern style, you know, some of this the Southern, this, this Southern instrumentation uh, to some of these instrumentals. And that's kind of what I went for, um, for some of the stuff. I some some of the things that I worked on, I kind of stayed kind of that bay feel. But for majority of it, I kind of stuck to my roots just because I was comfortable with it, um and just creating. But now, you know, looking for I think that um, you know I have a very different approach too to the music as well. So,
0: how do you stay on top of trends and music? Because you are you're very good at that. You're always kind of in the know.
1: So, my process is. I have a group of friends, uh, especially like DJ friends too. When it comes to like music or when it comes to stuff that's out or videos or anything, like you know, I I usually have a conversation with some folks and say, "Hey, like, what are y'all listening to?" Or, hey, or they'll ask me, "Hey, what are you listening to?" Um, and it's just like a community of. I'm really around a lot of, a community of people that I consider very great people and very close friends. Uh, we just share and bounce ideas off people or you know we'll share a text with the link to something cool um or share something inspirational motivational and that's how we that's how i stay on top of a lot of things um scrolling through twitter scrolling through ig scrolling through facebook uh it's just as simple as that just kind of just uh going through and looking at what's trending and then looking at what's not trending so uh that's kind of how i stay on top of things but most important part is friends because friends might have a, you know, different insight or a bit of, you know, something different uh, that you might not see on your feed and they might see it. So it's, it's pretty cool.
0: Looking back at the season, I don't like when people ask me this question, but I seem to ask everyone it because <laughs> I think it's great. What is a day to day look like for you in season?
1: So my day to day for uh the season uh was basically I'm an early riser. You know, my dad's military. I was used to getting up at like five thirty in the morning, get my day started. So I'm an early riser. I get up early. When I get in, what I do is I see what responsibilities I have for the week and basically I get together a plan and create a path of of how I can figure out how to achieve my goal. And then the next step is just executing. Once I have a good plan to figure out how I can get through a the week, then I just execute what, um, you know, I've written down or uh, uh, have thought about. So,
0: As someone who started during the pandemic, what was it like getting to know every, like? It's not a huge company, but there are quite a few of us. Like, what was it like getting to meet everyone and kind of starting out in a virtual setting?
1: So it was cool. I got to meet uh, a lot of people and one of the the great... uh The great things I remember was just how everybody was so just enthusiastic, excited. Everybody just seemed like it just seemed to be like a a family. It just had this family atmosphere. And that's part of the reason why I came up here. And so just to see people genuinely concerned or asking about you, asking about your travel as, you know, ways that they can help you. Um, it was just really cool just seeing everyone um, besides, you know, just emailing them, but actually seeing people, seeing who you're talking to. And, um, you know, it was cool just meeting everybody. Now that
0: we're out of season, there, you're working on a documentary series that's going to be published on 49ers.com and their 49ers digital and social channels for Black History Month. How did you come up with that idea?
1: So um I was talking with Ms. Jefferson, uh Christina Jefferson and you know Black History Month is very important to me. Um my b- background of growing up in a town that you know was the st- start of the civil rights movement um which is Selma. I learned so much about the history and brilliant minds it took to bring us towards the common goal of equality and civil rights and you know I think I I know we still have some things we can improve upon but it was just one of those things that You see uh, a lot of the people each year highlighted for Black History Month, and there's so many unsung voices that played a part into the movement as well. And so what I wanted to do was, through the content uh, series, the docuseries, is highlight those individuals like Helen Brooks, Alice West, Dr. F.D. Reese, Viola Luiso, Jonathan Daniels, some individuals that really were important to the movement and just show where we came from where we are now and how those people helped us get here today so
0: so how is production going or are you doing interviews like what is the setup of this series?
1: yeah so basically i'll do some interviews with some individuals to you know tell their story let their voices be heard um and you know the the theme is unsung voices and one of the most important parts about the movement uh civil rights movement are all of the working parts that uh, that had to come about so that we could get uh civil rights and voting rights for people um you know in the south and all across the united states and just letting those stories uh you know hit a platform so that people can actually see um you know something different because we you know we know so much about individuals that are shared every black history month you know and it was i felt like it was time to give some spotlight to some individuals that you know were a part of the movement and that helped the movement in ways that you know we couldn't even imagine and it's just important to highlight those people
0: something i found when i was researching you which Is really weird to say out loud since we, like, work in the same department. We sat next to each other for a while. But what I saw was that when you got this job, the Selma Sun and the Selma Times Journal both posted articles about you saying, like, congratulations or that a Selma native has gotten a job with the 49ers. What does it mean to have that kind of hometown support? Because I think it's rare.
1: It means... It it means so much to me. Like I, my city Selma is. I you know I, I love my town so much, and you know, given the history behind it, given all the things that it's known for, there's so many awesome people that helped me get to where I'm at. From teachers to mentors, you know, it's just so many awesome people in Selma and it just it just meant a lot to me to be um you know recognized for my hard work and it's just important seeing that so many people you know in the town thought so highly of me uh and it's just important seeing um my city behind me and I you know love them to death from the mayor to city council to everybody so
0: for someone going to Alabama Selma University of Alabama what would be your like must hit destinations
1: all right so for selma number one would be the edmund pettus bridge um, just because of the historical impact and how beautiful the riverfront is Um, just a good site to see a good place to take photos and a good place to see history living history the second spot would be uh you know in tuscaloosa would be brian denny stadium so many good memories there good place to go catch a home game and see the crimson tide play and i think my third place would in would probably be in tuscaloosa be Two sports bar just because i work there and the staff and the game day experience you get there is just unmatched the staff is so awesome there um a lot of individuals, John Alford, Doug, the owner, just there was such such cool people, you know, check that. that. That'd be my that would be my last spot you go know, to check out. Um, but just an awesome environment to catch a game and grab some food. So.
0: All right, we're going to finish off with a lightning round. It's long answers, short answers. Anything goes.
1: OK, I'm ready.
0: What's your favorite thing about your job?
1: The people. People are the favorite thing about my job um just because you get to you get to learn so much from people and you get to be around an awesome family um an awesome group of individuals and it's just it's my favorite part about my job coming every day being a part of such an awesome organization and seeing awesome people every day so yeah
0: in your first season. Was there a moment on the field that stuck out to you the most?
1: Yeah. So most memorable moment. uh, And I kind of got like emotional seeing this too, but um, this kid was crying and there were tears of joy. And Debo uh, came and walked up and um, signed his kid's poster. I think it was either the poster or jersey, but to see this kid's face and to see the pure joy that that brought him, it just, it hit me differently because, you know, at points it's just like, this is more than football. Like this kid will always remember that moment for the rest of his life. And that was my most memorable moment, just seeing that kid's, um, you know, face and seeing the joy and excitement and knowing that, you know, this organization helped bring that moment to that kid. Um, Just, it was it was one of those ones where it just touched me it, it touched me differently uh I, I felt it in my heart just seeing that kid cry and just seeing his happiness and you know it was amazing
0: there's a long list of people who would love to do what you do for someone who wants to become a social media producer or an nfl social media producer what would your advice to them be
1: learn as much as you can. Um, you know, always, always be a sponge wherever you're at. Um, that advice was given to me, um, before I started in trucking industry and even at Bama, but always be a sponge. There's so many great people at a lot of these organizations that can help you get to where you want to be. Um, you just have to have the mindset to be able to listen and learn and always like you know, never let people knock your creativity. The most creative things I've seen come from, you know, people that, you know, have been kind of knocked down before creatively, and you look at their work and it's amazing. Um, you know, just you know, always keeping that mindset and and that creative drive that you have, that passion, keep that uh, with you forever. Um, networking is important too. Getting out saying hello to somebody, you know, don't be afraid to ask questions. I was asked a lot of questions, um, in my LinkedIn, you know, when I got here and, you know, I felt like the word for me was to, you know, pass it along, pay it forward. And so, um, I always try to help everybody out there ask the question or if there's a question I can answer, I try to help them out as much as I can on, you know, my process and how I got here, um, my work ethic, um, you know, it's another thing too, I tell people like, I I won't be outworked. That's just what's been instilled in me. Uh my work ethic is unmatched, you know. Um I work hard and I'm you know, I'm proud of what I do too. Um, but also just I I know I'm blessed as well and so I have to remember that as well. But just knowing that um knowing that you have that drive, keep that drive, keep that passion going.
0: Okay. Final question, and it's more of my own curiosity than anything else. Okay. Do you have a goal for twenty for year two? Something that you want to do more of, or dip your toe into, or kind of work on more than you did maybe in your first season?
1: Yeah. Um. One of my goals is to you know get on board with TikTok a little bit more. Um. Get some more cool TikTok videos going, and just the my goal was. was is always be better in every moment, every opportunity that I have to be better, be better. And I think that's the best approach to take when it comes to creation and video creation. Um It's just if you see some things you want to get better at, get better at it, try different things out, try it out. Like, you know, don't be afraid to try things out and you know get better from uh, literally when the uh, when the off season started i you know i set out a list of things that i you know knew that i wanted to do and i'm gonna make sure i get those things done so
0: well thank you for being on the podcast i know you're really busy (laughs) Um, So I really do appreciate you taking the time to answer all these questions.
1: Thank you so much. I really appreciate it. This was awesome.